The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my so God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. This is Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Thursday, October 5th, 2023. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, joined on this Thursday by Anthony DeBundo and Tanner McGrath. They both contribute to our baseball coverage at Action Network. Well, the wild card stage this MLB postseason went by very quickly. Uh, all two game sweeps. So there are no games on this Thursday. None. Zip. Donut. Zero. Um, so we're going to use this day to get ourselves ready and geared up for the divisional round. The division series that will get underway on Saturday. We will have an episode tomorrow when we have more clarity on starting pitching matchups. And we can dive into the nitty gritty of best bets for game one. But we'll use today. As sort of a reset, how we feel after the wild card series, how you might want to play a particular team that just came out of the wild card round going forward. Is there value for, say, their World Series odds? Or do we have a look at division bets? The prices are out at BetMGM, our presenting sponsor. BetMGM brings us payoff pitch. There are series prices out there. And uh, Tanner and Anthony are here to do that with us. So uh, let's dive in, gents. We'll start with Rangers and Orioles. They'll kickstart the action on Saturday at one o'clock. Again, we'll have best bets for game one specifically tomorrow. But DeBundo, looking at the series, it's a pick 'em, minus 110. Both teams evenly matched going in. Do you agree with the bookmakers? I generally do. Uh, first off, more like mild card. Am I right? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I had that one lined up yesterday. But Nicely I done. think I had to use it. So Orioles, Rangers. Uh on one hand, you have a Rangers pitching staff, which is not particularly deep. Uh, but the real question is now, do we need to upgrade Nate Yavaldi? Because Yavaldi's fastball velocity did tick up in his final regular season start. I kind of dismissed it uh, and bet against him. I bet Tampa yesterday and was wrong. I mean, he dominated and shoved against this lineup. And we have not seen any of these Orioles guys have any playoff 
experience whatsoever. So it's hard to imagine how they'll respond because as much as I love Grayson Rodriguez and Cobb Radish, and they have pitched at an elite level, you look at their underlying stuff metrics. Uh, we, we talked about this on uh, the, the episode on Monday, just how much Zerillo loves Grayson Rodriguez as well. That frontline one, two is dominant. But after that, I mean, you know, what are we getting out of John Means? What are we getting out of Dean Kramer uh, in games three and four in Texas against that offense? Uh, and then you know, there's the question about Baltimore's bullpen, because how good is yep. it really? Because if you just look at straight ERA, uh, they were fine in the month of September, but their strikeout rate in September dipped to 20%, which is below league average uh, and was 20th. So it, it's a concern. Uh, with the Orioles bullpen, how much depth and length do they really have? Uh, I, I expect we're going to see a lot of DL Hall in this series. I think he's one of the big keys potentially, but uh, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the Orioles generally. But again, like unless I can get plus money on Texas, I think with home field, it's about right for Baltimore here. What you thinking, Tanner, with uh, the series price and even money? Tabundo expresses his concerns about the Baltimore bullpen. I will add, I'm not, and this isn't me trying to like gaslight our colleagues here, but I did bring up to BJ and Charlie yesterday that Nathan Avaldi playoff. Nathan Avaldi, it's pretty damn good. Like going into yesterday's start, forty-three innings, forty-one strikeouts, only three walks. But I. I understood what they meant to Bundo about the injury concern and how he had looked coming back and his, his expected ERA and his stuff. You know, we brought up stuff plus yesterday. I'm not even giving you a hard time. We brought all that up. It was valid to bring up, but it, it seems Nathan Evaldi, uh just channels a different thing in his soul when it comes time for October. Tanner, what are your thoughts on Orioles Rangers? Yeah, as Red Sox fans, we know about playoff Nathan Ivaldi. Um, and I mean, look, he's dominated the Orioles with the Red Sox past three years, 1.4 ERA across 56 innings pitch, 54 strikeouts, seven walks, 0.9 whip. But we know these aren't the same Orioles. So what does it really matter? Um, series at large, I have no idea what will happen. I am officially yeah. dubbing this the Tanner McGrath Chaos Reigns series. So much of this is going to hinge on just crazy things to project. And I have five key questions that I don't know the answer to. One, which Grayson Rodriguez are we going to get? The good one or the bad one? Considering his 2.5 ERA in the second half, I want to say the good one, the one with the great fastball, the one with the 124 stuff plus over the past month. But he's also a rookie. He's going to be making his first playoff appearances for a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in God knows how long. Yeah. Second question, um, is Dean Kramer going to start and is he going to elude everyone's regression project projections? I mean, did you know he was the most profitable pitcher on the money line this season? Dean Kramer. Fitting uh, that it's an Oriole. M much yeah. to Charlie's chagrin. Yeah, it, it was terrible for me too. Uh, question three, what do we expect from John Means? Uh, stuff plus numbers were good, 104, uh, but no strikeouts. 10 and 23 innings, a 2.7 ERA with a 4.7 expected ERA. And it's really tough to sort through his small sample size stuff there. Question four, which bullpen is going to implode first? The one with the Roldis Chapman or the one with Shintaro Fujinami? And how heavy will the loss of Felix Batista be here? Is that going to loom late in these games? Finally, which young guns are going to step up and be the story for their team this early playoff run? Josh Jung or Gunnar Henderson? Adley Rutschman, is he going to hit hard? And can we count on Cedric Mullins for anything? He has a 580 OPS since returning from injury on August 11th. A few notes about this series that I just jotted down. Um, Baltimore slumped a bit down the stretch. 
They're still better against left-handed pitching, which could prove big in the Jordan Montgomery start. Um, interesting. I think the Rangers have the defensive advantage, uh, which could be an important like peripheral thing that decides the series. This is an elite defensive squad. Um, Baltimore's outs above average numbers were dragging. Adam Frazier has been a pain at second base. Uh, quick fun fact. Eight of the top 10 teams by defensive runs saved this year made the postseason. Uh, the Padres and the Cubs were the two that missed. Rule changes. They strike again. Uh, Rangers were three and three against Baltimore this season, but did have a plus seven run differential. In the end, I have two takes for this series. I was going to say, who are you picking? I haven't figured that part out yet. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I have no idea who's going to win, but I have okay. two takes about the series. One. I'll almost definitely bet the Orioles and the Kyle Bradish start probably game one. Uh, we can break that down more tomorrow, but 131 stuff plus over his fi- 35 final regular season innings. Uh, three straight scoreless, out- scoreless outings entering this one with 18 strikeouts and 16 innings pitched. That guy is so good. And especially if he gets matched up with Dane Dunning, I mean, the regression monster ate up Dane in the second half of the year, 4.7 ERA over his final 80 innings. Uh, Bradish has made three starts against Texas since the start of last season. 13 in the third innings, two earned runs, eight hits, 11 strikeouts. Uh, Garcia, Jung, Semyon, and Seager are combined five for 22 against them with one extra base hit. Probably bet the Orioles in that one. Second take, I really want to target uh, Corey Seager in like some props, bases totals. I mean, he was seeing the ball well in the wild card round against the Rays. Three batted balls over 100 miles per hour. There were three barrels, all went for doubles. Guy crushed the ball all season long. I mean, one of the best hitters in the league. Against, uh, I don't know who we're going to get for starting pitchers actually, but against Kyle Gibson, Dean Kramer, and Grayson Rodriguez, he's 7 for 23 with two homers. But against Kyle Bradish, 0 for 5. Uh, other matchups. When do we, when no, do we think, also. when do we think, well, real quick, when do we think Bradish is pitching? I want to say one. game one. Game one? Okay. All right. Game one and then potentially game five. Yep. Okay. Thank um, you. Another another thing, you know, Simeon is 12 for 38 with six extra base hits against Gibson and Kramer in his career. Again, no idea what's going to happen. I think it'll be pure chaos, but give me Bradish in the O-star and let's look at Corey Seager to cash some props. So uh, you mentioned the run differential, the minus seven in their head-to-head this year. One of those starts, well, two of them were Grayson Rodriguez, but one of those starts especially is something I want to highlight. So May 26th, Grayson Rodriguez made his final start of the first stint in the big leagues. Three innings, nine runs, eight earned, three walks, six strikeouts, six hits. They destroyed him. And if you go back and remember what we had talked about and what the Orioles later admitted, Texas had something on him and they knew and and multiple other teams were able to to hack him. The Angels, uh, I would suspect, also had something on Rodriguez given that they tagged him for eight runs. The Royals tagged him for six uh, in a five-start stretch. So, they knew that Rodriguez was tipping pitches. You would assume that he fixed it, but Texas might still have something, have something on him. So it's something worth watching uh, when he's out there because if they do, that swings the entire series because the Orioles cannot win this series uh, without a good Grayson Rodriguez, I don't think. Because once they go to Texas, they're going to be at a disadvantage uh, just because of the lineup. And then the other big thing I think is uh, Evan Carter. You know, When you project out the Rangers lineup, now they add Young back in from health who was uh, you know, hitting at a rookie of the year level uh, and was, was you know, north of 800 OPS this season but before the injury. And then they add Evan Carter, who plays elite outfield defense, which will be really important in you know that huge outfield in Baltimore now. And then he's brought the bat. Excellent. He's always had great plate skills. The question was, what does power translate to the big league level? And, and thus far, 
You know, he had a home run yesterday and he, he hit a couple of doubles. So his impact at the bottom of that lineup, getting on base ahead of, you know, the big boys, Simeon Seager and, and Garcia and, and Lowe, uh, is an added bonus to an already elite offense. So I think that you can see where I lean here and it's toward Texas, uh, but I, I don't really have a, a, a bet here either. I will okay, say, I also, I also lean Texas, like gun to my head. I would take Texas, I'm, but I'm, I've been, more, I'm more confident. I know what we're getting from Texas. I'm less. I've also been, I've been generally, Baltimore. I've been generally against the Orioles this year. Like I've faded them a lot and it's cost me a lot of money. So I don't know if I just have to like adjust how I'm power rating them, but I, so I lean Texas because I trust my, you know, what my gut, but maybe my gut's wrong on this one. You know, Debundo, let's talk about the Twins because you've been on them. I feel like, and Tanner, this is nothing. I mean, Tanner, when you popped in for most of the second half on the on the payoff pitch episodes during the week, the Twins are dogs in the series, plus 130 to the Astros. They'll start at 445 on Saturday. Debundo, you, you BJ, Zerillo, how many times did we lead off a show with the best bet, Twins first five or Twins full game in first five? You've been high on this rotation. You were high on Joe Ryan. You've been high on, on the rotation all year. How do, do you actually think there's a chance they have a starting pitching matchup edge over the Astros in this series? They most certainly do. Okay. Uh, do you like the, Do you like them at plus 130? The question is whether Houston's offense fully healthy is good enough to overcome that. And that's going to be the series here. So. Yes. Look, yeah, I mean, I have a love affair with the, with Minnesota the Twins, uh, and I bet them last year to win the division. They collapsed. I bet them at the beginning of the year this year to win the division. Uh, back on our AL Central preview pod, and their starting pitching depth was the main reason that I believed in this team. You said um, that not just in the regular season, but if we got into a playoff scenario. And uh, you know, I'm holding some some pennant from last week and some World Series from from earlier in the summer, and. I loved what I saw in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Look, Toronto's offense, say what you want about it. It's a, it's an above average MLB offense, and they scored one run in 18 games. And they suck. They suck with runners in scoring position and bases loaded. Like they've yeah. been like that. That all was year. a real problem for yeah. sure. And the Astros lineup is better and deeper, no doubt about it. If you just yep. took like season long WRC plus, it wouldn't tell you that. But again, like Altuve missed a lot of games. Uh, Alvarez missed a lot of games. Uh, they were mixing and matching a lot. So you have to kind of factor that in to their, you know, dampening their WRC plus numbers for the whole season. But if you look at uh, this starting pitching matchups, we pretty much know what we're getting here. We're not sure if it's going to be Framber or Justin in game one, Verlander. I expect it to be Framber. Houston won the World Series last year on the back of their pitching. It was a very good Cy Young JV. It was Fromber, who had a ground ball rate north of 60%. You couldn't get the ball in the air against him. And it was Javier, who was pitching so well that all of us bet him to win the Cy Young this year. Javier's starting to turn the corner a little bit. He's been a little yep. better in his recent outing. Strikeouts have returned, but he is not anywhere near the level that he was last year going into the playoffs. Fromber Valdez, that, that elite you know unicorn ground ball rate we love so much, has gone down. And thus, he's getting punished more for his lack of command in his walks. So his numbers are like a full run worse per nine innings than he was last year. And Justin Verlander, you know, none of us were huge fans of him last year, even when he won the Cy Young. The stuff has gone down again this year, and he has not been as dominant either. So all three of the big guys here, and then the back end, Urquidy has been injured most of the year, and he'll be back for this series. I think he'll start game four. Hunter Brown had an elite first half, but I think ran out of gas. So as you look at this Astros pitching staff, there just is not the same level of depth that Minnesota has when you compare, okay, Joe Ryan, 
He had that one bad month when he was pitching injured. Other than that, ERA was like three, four, five. So really impressive stuff from Ryan. And then Lopez and Gray will pitch games two and three. Sonny Gray, look, I talked about how his home run record right now is unsustainable. He's allowing 0.39 homers per nine. The next best pitcher qualified in MLB, 0.72 per nine. In wow. playoff baseball, keeping the ball in the park wins. Pablo Lopez and Joe and uh, Sonny Gray do an excellent job of keeping the ball in the park. So I think they have an advantage in the first three games in terms of starting pitcher quality. And then in game four, Bailey Ober and Kenta Maeda make up a really fun and interesting platoon, a potential you know partnership piggyback. Uh, and game five, it'll be Joe Ryan again. So Ryan and and Lopez and and this the stuff is just so good. And the Twins I, I, have, they have a problem against lefties. Guess who has zero lefties in their bullpen? Yeah. Oh, the Astros. The Astros. They don't have any lefties, so yeah. it's just Framber. Uh, you know, so I, there's real questions about how this matchup goes for Minnesota. I think it's just a coin flip. Houston's a little favored because their lineup's healthy, but I, I think plus one forty Minnesota, you're stealing here. So I think I think take the Twins. I think what you're kind of hoping for, based on that analysis, is that the Twins lose Game One and you come back on Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're in Houston, so I, I certainly wouldn't feel bad about it. I mean, just just to get a better number is all I'm getting at. Yeah. Which, that, again, no. that's obvious. Whatever team you'd want to back for the series, yes, if they lose game one, that, uh, you could say that about any series. But That would be bad, though. In- I would, I'd rather win game one, though, to be to be honest. Okay, true, <laughs> true. But knowing you'd get Joe Ryan again if the series went five, it's just you sound really confident in their the back end of that rotation as well. For the, for uh, yeah, the I, I like Minnesota's pitching. And, and we saw it, right? Like, Sonny Gray only pitched five innings, but they went to Louis Varland for the yeah. sixth. They went to uh, Brock Stewart for the seventh. Uh, these guys are throwing 100. Uh, and then, you know, Griffin Jacks is one of the best sliders in baseball. He got the middle of the order out two consecutive games in the eighth inning. And then Duran comes in, the game's over. So it's like, you know, nobody can hit him. And and this, uh, this Astros team, like, I know the voodoo. I know the playoff experience. I know all of that. But they have not been nearly as dominant as they were last year. It's just, it's just reality. Although now that hey, I see Tanner. Yiner Diaz is the key to the series for Houston for me. The pitching, pitching better is one thing, but Yiner Diaz, uh, he has caught more for Maldonado. He's taken some of his playing time. Maldonado has been kind of a zero at the plate. He started to get worse defensively as well. Diaz has been really good uh, at, the, at the at the plate with the stick. So uh, how much does Dusty use him versus Maldonado will be really fascinating. And I think a, a big key for the Houston lineup because they're kind of giving auto outs every year with Maldonado at the bottom. That's not quite the case with Diaz. So that does improve their lineup a little bit. Tanner, your thoughts on this series. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I came into this playoffs thinking that Houston was going to punk everyone. And I thought that they were the look, um, you know, for world series features at five to one. I think they're the most complete team in the playoffs, but the more I look at this series, the more I like the twins and, Look, the Twins keep hitting. I mean, they've been on fire for a month now. Uh, They don't even need Byron Buxton or Carlos Correa because they have a bunch of young guns breaking out. I mean, Royce Lewis is like the best baseball player alive. And, you know, second, if the Twins' middle relief and setup guys keep holding up to get it to Duran, it's going to be impossible to hit off them. I mean, look, I'm not sold on Emilio Pagan or Griffin Jacks, but Pagan was sublime in the second half. 1.9 ERA and 33 appearances. And Jacks... 
had that brutal August, but then rebounded in September. And like Anthony said, was great in the wild card round. The pitching, Gray and Ryan, you know, they both, Gray had two starts against Houston this year, four runs over 13 innings pitch, but he, he struck out 16. I think maybe he's due for some positive regression. Um, Joe Ryan allowed nine earned runs in 10 innings against Houston this year, but also 16 Ks, uh, three homers sunk him in that. So I think that they pitched better than their results this year. Now, the one thing I am worried about is the Astros offense, which is crushing with the best of them. Third in MLB and WRC plus in September, Altuve, Tucker, Bregman, Jordan. They all look like themselves. You know who else looks like themselves too is Jose Abreu who totally turned it around after an all-time cold streak in the first half. Uh, 123 WRC plus in September, 72 WRC plus in the first half, 109 in the second half. Mm-hmm. Astros were the best lineup in baseball against right-handed pitching in September, and that's tough for a Twins team that has three right-handed starting pitchers, and their three highest leverage relievers are right-handed. But I think I think we'll get a lot of runs scored in this series, despite the pitching. Um Really? I think it could be a little bit more high variance, and I I do like the Twins. I I think they they show value uh, with the plus money number, and I think they have some key advantages here, mostly because, like Anthony said, they have a definitive starting pitching advantage with just kind of how the Astros top three in their depth looks. Caleb Thierbar is is a key here. So uh, one of the things that the Phillies were able to do at least for the first five games of the world series last year against the Astros was uh, using Jose Alvarado in very high leverage situations and Ranger Suarez, uh, two lefties that are very effective against left-handed batters. Uh, and Suarez and Alvarado were key for the Alvarez Tucker pocket in the lineup. One thing, you know, Abreu did start hitting better second half, but his numbers against high velocity fastballs are still bad. He's going to see a lot of them in this series. Uh, so, I, you know, we'll see about Abreu, but Caleb Thierbar this year against left-handed batters in his career, 341 uh, OPS allowed. Um, so he is a dominant, dominant lefty, lefty guy that they are going to use, I think a lot against Alvarez and Tucker. So, you know, sixth, seventh inning, getting it to Duran, like you said, there's going to be at least two or three of those matchups. And so I trust them to get those big outs when they need them. He came in in the wild card game with the bases loaded, got the uh, got a righty into a double play. So, just kind of shows you how good he is. Uh, he's, I think, the X factor in the Minnesota bullpen. Uh, whereas for for the Astros, it's you know who can get the lefties out because there's a lot of big power lefties in this Twins lineup. Um, you know whether it's Matt Walner, I don't expect Buxton back, but you never know. I mean, they could put him on the bench uh, as well. So, certainly a lot to uh, look forward to in this series. I, I wrote this down as a key game here as the Valdez start. Twins crushed left-handed pitching down the stretch, and they were fifth in OPS against sinkers this year. I think that's a bad matchup for Valdez. Another reason why I like the Twins here, and I think that'll be a key game. Yeah, Twins are patience and power, right? Like They strike out a lot, so that makes them high variance. But they they do take their walks, and they hit for power. So I, I like that in the playoffs. Payoff Pitch is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up. To get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Dodgers Diamondbacks. I saw in the action app last night that you could have gotten a really nice price to Bundo on the Dodgers around minus 150. Tanner, I'm not sure if you took that too, but now, uh, well, considering all the money that came in on Los Angeles, they're now minus 210 uh, against the Diamondbacks. I, I'm looking at ESPN.com, just looking at their schedule and how they have the starting pitching lined up. It's the only team that's listed a starter, Clayton Kershaw. I know that's not gospel. I, I get that. Um, it could be Bobby Miller. Who knows? Uh, someone here may be carrying a – I mentioned this the other day. I don't think you got uh, – yeah, that's right. You guys were here yesterday. I have a Diamondbacks World Series ticket from April 20th. It's like 25 bucks to win like $3,200. Um, so that would be fun, but <laughs> they're facing the Dodgers. I need the Dodgers to have the collapse that they had. Just what was that last year? The Dodgers when they lost in the divisional series. Do I have that right? Okay. Yeah, they um, won game one and then lost three in a row to the Padres. That's right. It's the Padres, which looking back, that Padres team was fun and you know, they, they were pretty good. They invested. They went and got hater at the deadline. Anyway, whatever. No mid, one cares about me. Uh, What's that? They were mid. They were mid. Uh, Devondo, is it still, can you still bet the Dodgers at that price or do you stay away? At minus 210 as opposed to minus. So the Diamondbacks sweeping did give them a real shot here because. The D-backs. I agree. It, they it now get chance. to save Merrill Kelly. And Merrill yes. Kelly will pitch game one. Zach Allen will pitch game two. Uh, some combination of Brandon Fott and the bullpen will pitch game three. And they can go right back to Kelly and Gallon. Problem is, I don't think Kelly and Gallon are pitching well enough to warrant them winning the series. And like we, we can say, like, yes, they got their two best guys lined up for four of the five games. We love these guys. How good are their two best guys? How good are they really? Because Gallon has not been – I didn't think Gallon was good at all against Milwaukee. I thought he got away with a lot. A better lineup would have punished him. And uh, his command was really shaky. So now he's going to face a top three lineup. And I think he's going to have major problems with that lineup. And look, the Dodgers, uh, I think we've overreacted to their pitching as well. That's why I think the market opener was terrible. I mean, at minus 210, I think it's a little steep. Um, I like laying the one and a half games if you're going to bet the Dodgers here. Good but idea. Uh, because I don't want them in a game five with, with potentially you know a shaky situation with their pitching and their depth could get tested. The Dodgers pitching depth is shaky. That is true. When they go up against other elite teams, the Diamondbacks are not that. And that's what I think the difference is here. Like Arizona is going to see Bobby Miller in game two and probably game five. Uh, I would presume, you know, the Dodgers lack of depth kind of gets helped by all these off days. They can use their top bullpen arms in four of the five games of the series pretty comfortably with, without having to use guys on, you know, overwhelming amount of time. So I think uh, the way the series breaks out really favors the favorite here. I don't see a real path for the Diamondbacks, given that Gallon and Kelly just aren't that great. I mean, we've, we've somehow turned Merrill Kelly into an elite starter. I don't know how much better he is than Brandon Fott on a start-to-start basis anymore. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, kind of down on the D-backs here. Like, I think they took advantage of a Milwaukee offense that was a bottom six, seven unit. And now, you know, if they let that many runners on base against the Dodgers, another team who will take their walks and be very patient I don't know if Ginkle and Seawald is enough to get through this this series in the back end of their bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, I, Dodgers minus one and a half. Dodgers to win the series. The, the price has gotten a little steep, but uh, I think they roll here on the back of their offense, which is considerably better than Arizona. There's no real advantage for me at, at any point in this series for the for the Diamondbacks. 
Tanner, quick thought on this one. Anthony nailed it on the head here. Brendan, your Diamondbacks ticket is dead. I don't even care that the Dodgers don't have pitching depth. They're going to punk the Diamondbacks, and here's Boom. why. Boom. Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly are the two most overvalued, overrated starting pitchers in the 2023 playoffs. Boom. Gallen overachieved all year. Regression train hit him hard in September. Uh, ERA north of four over his final seven starts. Diamondbacks lost four of those games. Pitched fine against Milwaukee, but got away with a lot. He stranded some runners. He walked three, only struck out four, and the Brewers are just you know pathetic, let's be real. Uh, Gallen also has thrown twice against the Dodgers this season. 11 earned runs on 15 hits over 10 innings. Meanwhile, Merrill Kelly, 87 stuff plus over his last 30 days. Walked 16 batters over his final 29 regular season innings. His fat fastball velo is inconsistent up and down. His defense has completely bailed him out, uh, which, you know, I guess we can expect from the Diamondbacks. Yeah, it's, it's really pitcher by outs above average, plus 11. Tied with Corbin Burns, actually. But, you know, he's thrown against the Dodgers four times this year. Scraped by with nine earned across 20 innings. He walked 13 batters, struck out 11. This Dodgers team is familiar with him, and like Anthony said, they will be patient. They will take their walks. Um, also, uh, Kelly, been shoved into a locker by Max Muncy in his career. Uh, Muncy's 14 for 34 with four doubles, two homers. It's 1,100 OPS. Dodgers should win the Bobby Miller game and or games. Um, Bright lights, Bobby Miller. I think he loves the big stage. I think he's ready for this. And if they can get some sort of production, anything from Kershaw in that start, that helps him a ton. I know that he's been dealing with injury. His stuff numbers are down, but you never really know with him. And I think the added time off, you know, from the wild card could have done wonders for his, you know, old ass three starts against Arizona this year, <laughs> 3.1 ERA, 18 strikeouts and yeah. in 17 innings. And a big part about this, which no one really talks about the Dodgers bullpen, sneakily the best bullpen in MLB during September by reliever expected fit. Do we even realize how good Evan Phillips and Broodsar Gratterall are? Red Sox legend Ryan Brazier has been a stud since coming over. Joe yep. Kelly has made five consecutive scoreless outings entering the playoffs. And God he was there 11, again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine of 11 scoreless since rejoining the Dodgers from Chicago. And the sheer offensive difference between these two lineups. The Diamondbacks are dangerous once they get on base, but they were a bottom five lineup by WRC Plus in September. They were never an offense with much substance. They won on speed and defense. But the Dodgers are the most dangerous lineup in MLB with two of the three best hitters in baseball at the top. And from a fielding and base running perspective, the Dodgers can keep up with the Diamondbacks. I love the Dodgers in this series. I'd look towards alt lines, like Anthony said, minus 1.5, minus 2.5. I think this is a huge mismatch. There's some there's some chokiness with this group. There's with the Dodgers. There's some choky, choky history. So I'm the Diamondbacks, on. I hope they lose game one so we can bet the Dodgers uh, series price. But uh, the the Diamondbacks are going to start Zach Gallen in game two. Oh, boy. In Chavez Ravine. They're going to be plus 155 on the money line in that game with Gallen pitching plus 150 against Bobby Miller. Uh, so good luck. Maybe I should cash out then. No, no. Let it ride. 100%. And get like 100 bucks. Like, what the hell's the point of that? What was the ticket again? Uh, 25 bucks to win 3200 on the National League or the World Series? World Series. <laughs> oh, well. Let it ride. Yeah, I agree. Let's it's pretty snakes. much it's pretty much always um like more valuable to let it ride. The, the cash out offense is option is rarely Let's go snakes. Let's run those bases, baby. All right. Last one. 
and this one probably is going to have a lot too. This has been a long episode, so we can try to keep it brief to Bundo and keep it in your shorts too, because the Phillies are playing the Braves. I'm wearing pants. Okay, pants. Keep it in your pants to Bundo. Uh, I think your team's got a real shot. I really do. Braves back end, not great. Phillies bullpen, underrated. I'm just giving you my two cents. At this point in the year, I can consume this. You guys consume all these games, the 15-game slates. They're overwhelming for me as the host. Now at this point, eight teams in it, I can consume a lot of it. Watched a lot of the Mar- – sorry, Tanner, your Marlins are done, but, man, the Phillies, I wouldn't be ashamed. That Phillies team is damn good, and they got a real shot to win this thing. I would imagine there's no real value now in taking – unless there is, unless you think, it, what, it's plus 500 now to win the World Series? How do you feel about the Phillies uh, going in? They are dogs in the series, DeBundo, plus 155, Braves minus 190. What do you think? Well, we got to the, the series we all wanted, the, I think the most exciting back-and-forth series that we're going to have in this round. You were on this like a month ago. You were like, yeah, this is projected. We're going to see these two teams in the division series. Here we are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry, sayonara to the Marlins. They can get the F out of Philly, as Garrett Stubbs said. Um, (laughs) The the biggest thing here is Max Freed. Because Freed pitched in an inter-squad game that the Braves hosted during the week this week with a Band-Aid on because he's trying to prevent these blisters. He's not going to be allowed to do that in the the National League Divisional Series. So how his hands, his fingers hold up as he pitches uh, will be the biggest differentiator in this series. Because right now, look, I know what the Phillies did to Spencer Strider last year in the playoffs. They hit him for six runs in an inning. Four or five runs of them were him. A couple were bullpen. They broke that game open. The famous Reese Hoskins bat slam. I, I watched that video a thousand times now. But that was a 94-mile-an-hour fastball from Spencer Strider because Strider wasn't healthy. He had missed a month leading into the playoffs. He was not built up to throw more than 50 pitches. They pushed him a little bit. He broke down. He was throwing soft, and he got crushed. The Spencer Strider of this season and the Spencer Strider of his career now in the last two years against Philadelphia. Brendan, what do you think his ERA is against the Phillies this in his career in regular season games? 6.3. 1.9. It's good. The Phillies have not touched Spencer Strider in pretty much any start he's made against them in his regular season career. And that is a problem given that Strider is going to start game one in Atlanta and he's going to start presumably game four uh, in Philadelphia. So they have to beat Strider once to probably win this series. So they have to do that. But then the other thing is we're projected to get Zach Wheeler against Max Fried in game two in Atlanta. And Freed would then be scheduled to pitch a potential game five. What are we getting from Max Freed? Because I'm pretty confident I know what we're getting with Zach Wheeler at this point. But Max Freed is, is a big question mark. So though, those are the two big keys for me. The Phillies have the better bullpen. If you look at Atlanta's bullpen in the month of September, they were a bottom 10 unit by strikeout rate. The stuff dropped off a little bit. I don't have a lot of faith at all in any of their relievers, uh, whether it's Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand, Arizal Iglesias, Minter was inconsistent down the stretch. So there are real questions about the bullpen, which is where I think Philadelphia has its biggest advantage mm-hmm. over Atlanta, uh, where I think the Phillies bullpen is a top three unit in the sport right now, pitching at that level. Uh, they have so many different options they can go to. The Phillies didn't even use Matt Strom in the world's in the wild card round. They didn't need him. Uh, it's just kind of a, a, a point to how much, or Sir Anthony Dominguez just kind of gets to the point of how much depth there is, whether it's Alvarado and Soto for the lefties Strom is a fireman for a couple innings. Uh, Dominguez against the righties has been really good. So they have dominated 
uh, Kirkering, the rookie coming up and, and shoving a couple innings. So there are so many different options for this Phillies bullpen that uh, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about their chances of getting this to a game five. And then it's going to come down to the fingers of Max Freed. Um, if they're blistered, they're in big trouble. Hey Tanner, what do you think? Phillies are dogs. Are you going to be, uh, are you sold on them? How they looked against the Marlins? What's your, you know, to bundle, to bundle pinpoints, Max Freed. Do you have something else that you might pinpoint in this series? that's a key to it. Yes, I do. Um, I'll start with this though. I said all season that if we get Phillies Braves, I'm going to bet the Phillies. I'm sticking by my guns and I'm like the Phillies here. This is going to be like Anthony said, back and forth. It's going to be a high variance series, but the Phillies offense can keep up with the Braves. This unit has been red hot eight doubles in their two game series against the fish. Um, I didn't realize this eight of their regular nine man lineup finished with an OPS plus above one Oh five. They just, they finished with elite batted ball numbers. This is a, a deep grinding, hard hitting lineup. And Anthony, didn't mention the one pitcher that I think will be really big in this series. I think it's going to be Christopher Sanchez. Uh, big sort of um, really stepped in behind Nola and Wheeler during the second half. Uh, 3.44 ERA backed up by a 3.74 X ERA. His ground ball rate is elite. His chase rate is elite. The Braves were poor against left-handed pitching in September. 22, 22nd in WRC plus, 88. I think that he provides a pivotal advantage in the series if he gets a start or if he gets some bulk work. And although he struggled in against the Braves in his two starts this year, thought it was a tad fluky. He had a 12 to two strikeout to walk radio ratio across his 11 innings against them. Three of his seven earned runs in those starts came on one pitch, a three run dinger by Austin Riley. And Anthony said it, uh, the Braves pitching. I mean, Strider had his oblique thing, Morton and free. Yep are both dealing with injuries, um, freed his finger thing. Morton allowed 10 home runs in his final regular seven He's regular out. season starts. He oh, Morton's out? Yeah. Oh, wow. Never mind. Uh, the Braves saving grace might be what? A.J. Smith-Shaver. who has a oh, It's going to be Bryce Elder, I think, game three in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, the Phillies obviously hold a huge bullpen advantage. Um, I think the Phillies have a small defensive advantage now that they figured out the fielding situation without Schwarber in left field. The uh, infield defense is excellent with Trey Turner leading 10th in infield outs above average. The Braves can't touch those numbers. And again, the Phillies have Wheeler and Nola. I think that's the trump card that the Braves will not be able to answer. Nola looked great against the fish in the wild card. I'm not worried about him. Both were fine against the Braves this year. Uh, 14 earned runs across 37 innings, 3.4 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 10 walks. Both have the added benefit of a better defense behind them. That's huge for Wheeler, as Anthony has talked about this year, who was the unlucky, unluckiest pitcher by outs above average, minus 11. And, you know, Wheeler, I mean, God, he's so efficient. Um, he really showed that against Miami. 100 pitches, 67 strikes, 11 ground ball outs, 8 strikeouts. Locates so well, forces ground balls, earns whiffs, pitches deep into games. I like the Phillies here. I will say maybe look at um, Ronald Acuna props in some of the Wheeler or Nola starts if they aren't juiced to high heaven. Um, combined against uh, uh, Nola and Wheeler lifetime, Acuna is 26 for 90. It's 290 with nine doubles and eight homers. 17 of his 26 hits went for extra bases. 650 slugging. Okay, gents, we got to get out of here. That was a long one, but uh, kind of a day for us to decompress and get our minds ready for... Game one starting on Saturday. We'll have best bets for game ones of these division series. They get started on Saturday. 
tomorrow. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, for Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. For DeBundo, for Tanner, Brendan Glasheen. We'll see you tomorrow. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.